The following resource is brought to you by Real Life Community Church in Richmond, Kentucky. We hope you're both challenged and encouraged by this message. Well, it is a great privilege for me to have my pastor with us this morning. We went to Greeley, Colorado several years ago. Very, very, my wife and I, my family, very broken. We, were, we had been uh, very, very mistreated in a, in a prior church. And we went through one of those dark times where I began to question God. But if, here's what I'm convinced of. If there would have been no Tucson, there would have been no Greeley. God uses those dark times in our lives. It's, uh, we were talking about Joseph yesterday at men's breakfast. And you know, God uses those dark seasons in life where you don't know what in the world he's up to. And folks, it is a setup. He's moving you in. You're right. You're in the position for his blessing. And I know sometimes his blessing is tough. It doesn't always come like we want it to come. But he's with you. And God sent us to this great church, First Assembly of God in Greeley, Colorado. I, pr I prayed, as a matter of fact, after going through what we went through in, in this other church, I said, Lord, if you want me to s stay in ministry, this was my prayer, send me to the kindest man on the planet. And he did that. He did it. And I am who I am today. Don't hold this against him. But I am who I am today because of Michael and Nan Papano, who, when I was defeated and felt like I had nothing, picked me up, showed me that God could use me, gave me confidence that I didn't possess in the Lord, rightly placed, gave me opportunity to serve and even to fail. And was there to help me when I did. There is no greater privilege than for me to welcome my pastor and his wife. Would you give a warm, real life welcome to Michael and Ann Papano? Well, I am, I am deeply humbled by those words that uh, Pastor Chris has just, uh, has just uh, shared here uh, with us. And uh, I want to I just tell you something. We serve, we serve a redeeming God. And every one of us are here this morning because God has redeemed us. Every one of us are, is here because of what Jesus Christ has done. And if you have not been redeemed, it is my prayer that before you leave this service today, that you will be one of the chosen, one of the redeemed, a part of the family of God. Don't you love the family of God? And uh, I just want to let you know, uh, I love this worship team this morning. And can we just give it up to the worship team and just say thanks to them? I don't know where the rest of them left, so you two get the accolades here. <laughs> uh, Pastor Chris and Nikki, they came to our church in uh, Greeley, Colorado uh, years ago, and uh, we absolutely fell in love with Nikki. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, having the privilege of having uh, Pastor Chris uh, come into the office each day 
and uh, to work uh, side by side. I just view that we were, uh, we were like co's, uh, co-pastors there uh, working at Greeley First Assembly of God. Uh, it was just a, a, a complete delight, and, uh, and it was a joy. We had so much fun. How many, do you, how many of you have fun with your, your pastor and his wife? Do you have fun with him? Uh, you know, you could raise your hand right now. Yesterday at the men's breakfast, I invited everybody over to Pastor and Chris's house on Thursday night at 6 o'clock. And, Chris, and Nikki's going to throw a wonderful dinner for all of you. And so if you don't have any plans for dinner on Thursday night, you're all welcome over to the Mays house. Nan and I, we're going to be long gone by that time. So, <laughs> hey, before we get into the message this morning, I, I just had a, a couple little uh, memories that I, I just wanted to uh, share real quick. And so uh, if I could... When, when they came, uh, there, was, uh, uh, there was Pastor Chris, there was Nikki, and there was uh, Connor, and there was Dylan, and uh, each one of them had their own uh, special uh, personalities. Whose birthday was that? Uh, there's not enough candles on there for, uh, for Connor, so maybe it was, it was Dylan's. And then, so that was one picture we had, and then we had another picture. We've just got a couple of them, and, and you know what? You can't... Uh, Oh, that's kind of a dark picture. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Pastor Chris and my son Brock. And my son Brock, he absolutely looked up and just uh, loved those uh, little, little guys there when they were little. We had a couple other pictures here. Yeah. We, we had a group, uh, Master's Voice, I believe Master's Voice came here uh, last year, and uh, that's uh, Dylan. Uh, Dylan. Dylan is my favorite of the two boys, but uh, you know what, I can say that this morning because Connor's not here. And if Connor's listening online, uh, turn your uh, computer off, Connor. <laughs> Next, move on here. The little, uh, little gangbanger, uh, and, and Connor, he just... <laughs> He's so cute there. Remember when he played uh, the little uh, flag football there at Monfort Park? All right, and then the next one, uh, Pastor Chris and uh, Nikki, what she brought to the table, uh, she's the program director. Really, anything that happens good in this church, it all goes to Nikki. And because uh, she's the program director, so she would always uh, organize it. And so that was one of our fun uh, Easter Sunday mornings there that uh, Pastor Chris had the, the team up there and ready to go. And uh, I, that, I think that was the Sunday that Earl uh, showed up. But uh, that's another story for another time. Okay, I think we've got one more picture. No, we've got two more. There was a little meal at our home, and good having them there. One more picture. There's, I don't know if you know it, but Dylan is a basketball player, and he's a great basketball player. And you know one of the things that makes me so proud with Dylan is that when the maze came, we, knew, we found out about some of the challenges that Dylan had. And there was a lot of prayer that went up for Dylan, and uh, part of uh, just God's miraculous uh, grace uh, is when they moved here and then the school that he was able to uh, get involved with here. And then he graduated here just uh, uh, last week. And can we just give it up to Dylan? He's right back there. Way to go, big guy. And there he is. And there's, uh, and th and there's my selfie. <laughs> And that's, that's all the home pictures I have. 
But Thursday night, I'll leave a, a reel of a bunch of pictures that Nikki can show at the house, and you'll, you'll love that. Okay, you can take the pictures down, and uh, would everybody please stand? And what we'll do is we'll just uh, have prayer as we uh, look at uh, God's Word this morning. Lord, indeed, we are so blessed to be here at Real Life Church with uh, Pastor Chris and Nikki. And we just uh, say thank you for them. We thank you for their lives and for what their lives mean to us. We thank you so much for uh, Tim and Sherry, and we thank you so much uh, for uh, what they mean to us, for uh, Wally and Sherry, for what they mean to us, and uh, for the way that they have been so supportive, Lord, uh, while their kids uh, were in Greeley. And we just uh, thank you for this opportunity that we have today to share the word together, and we just pray that you would anoint it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. I'd like, you to, I'd like you to take your Bibles this morning, and I'd like you to uh, turn with me to the uh, 27th chapter out of uh, the book of Acts. And as we uh, look at the uh, 27th chapter from Acts, I just want us to uh, uh, contemplate a, a few things here. I couldn't help but think this morning when I walked in here and I saw this prayer wall. It's not an accident that I saw the prayer wall. And I, I want to say thank you for having a prayer wall so that you can put your request there. And as I looked at some of those requests, there's some pretty heavy requests on that wall. And that wall signifies to me that there are some storms that some people are going through. Pastor Chris asked me uh, a long time ago, he said, uh, he said, I'd love you to come to uh, our, our church and I'd love for you to preach. And... Uh, a couple months ago, I, I said to my wife, I said, I, I know what message that uh, I want to preach when I go to that church. And uh, I had that message all prepared. And this past Thursday night, uh, I had been uh, uh, working uh, that day and on Wednesday. I just felt like the Lord was just laying on my heart something that was different. And uh, I don't mind it when the Lord changes uh, changes things, but then when he does, then you got to type it all out and everything, and I sure wish he would do that for me, but he won't do that for me. And so these are just some of the thoughts that I, I, I typed out here, and I come to you this morning to just say this. If you're going through a time where your ship is being tossed, if you're on a ship and in life it's being battered and it's being just tossed too much for you. I just trust that the Lord will use these words to help you as you navigate your way into his peaceful harbor. And he brings souls to your soul. How many believe that Jesus Christ can do that? I believe that the Lord is here to do that. On January 13, 2012, there were 4,229 souls on board the Italian cruise ship, the Costa Concordia. That night, due to the egregious error of a coward captain, the cruise ship overturned and submerged after sinking and after, after striking an underwater rock. A total of 33 lives were lost in that tragedy. A sad fact of the matter is that that accident that shipwreck 
could have been prevented. I want us to look at a shipwreck that was not prevented, and if you will, it was ordained by God. In verses 1 through 3, chapter 27 in Acts, it tells how Paul was a prisoner, and he, along with the 275 other individuals, were on their way to Rome. Verses 1 through 3 tells us that Paul was a prisoner, and then then if you look in verses uh, uh, 3 through 8, it tells how they struggled against the winds for several days. Verse 9, we'll pick it up there. It says this, Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous. So Paul warned the 275 men. In verse 10 he says, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and the cargo and to our very lives. And I say, oh, great, Paul. Oh, great man of faith that you are. Those are really great and encouraging words that I am listening to right now. How many of you got people in your life and you're just going through some stuff that is so horrible and you have people and you say, well, you're probably not going to make it through this one. And there's Paul. And, you know, we read all these great things about him. And, you know, he's a great man of faith, and he's a man that is fasting, and he's a man that teaches us how to pray, and he's a man who teaches great leadership skills. And yet, here he is, he's just saying, man, guys, this is bad. We're, we're, you know what? Uh, we're, we're probably going to die. Verse 11, but the centurion, his name was Julius. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, you know what, it's the only time in Scripture that a guy that I can find stands up to the Apostle Paul and says, hey, we're going to do something different than you say. And this guy says, instead of listening to what Paul said, he followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Verse 14, before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Nor'easter. How many of you ever heard about those Nor'easters, huh? Those are are pretty uh, dangerous things to be in. A nor'easter swept down from the island. Verse 15, the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it, and we were driven along. Let me ask you today, can you relate to being in the ship? Can you relate to being in the storm? Can you relate to Paul and the anxiousness of not knowing what is going to happen to you? Has it been unfair what you're going through? Has it been really not your fault? Maybe, uh, maybe you're in some uncharted waters this morning. Maybe you've lost your job. And you say, you know what, it wasn't my fault that I lost that job. Maybe you went to the doctor in the past month and you got a medical report from your doctor and he told you this is the condition that you have. Because of the condition that you have, these are the things that you've got facing you in the days to come. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who's not following the Lord today like you would like to see them 
following the Lord. And it's some uncharted waters for you. And you say, why, Lord? Why, why is this happening to me? Lord, I follow you. I'm your disciple. My wife, she follows you. We love you. Why, why, Lord, is it that we have to go through these uncharted waters and we feel so hopeless and we feel the despair and we feel despondent over the report that we've got? 16, for we passed to the lee of a small island called Kata. We were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure when the men had hoisted it abroad, they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Yesterday, we went out on the uh, we went out on a little cruise ship. We went out on the, uh, the 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 May's pontoon boat, and we went out to a lake. What was the name of that lake? Yeah, it's a be- beautiful lake. And you know, we're out there on this lake, and we all we all jump in the water, and as we we're just swimming and everything. Uh, I stuck my head under the under the pontoon. There's three pontoons, and then all of a sudden I just kind of got my nerve up, and I thought I would love to swim under the pontoon boat. Obviously, the boat was anchored. Thank goodness for our captain Tim. So I swam underneath the uh, the pontoon boat, and as I'm swimming underneath the pontoon boat, I'm thinking about what is going on for a moment in this passage of scripture here. It says. When the men had hoisted it abroad, they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. I'm trying to think and put my mind about this. I am in a boat yesterday that is anchored. It's not going anywhere, and the motor is turned off. While I'm swimming under it, it's safe. These sailors, to try to hold their boat together, they're out in the open ocean, and they are putting ropes underneath the... Who is the lucky guy that drew the straw that said, we want you to swim underneath the boat? (laughs) That must have been a bad guy. Acts 27, verse 17. Fearing that they would run aground on the sandbar. There again, have you had those moments where that you, you feel like you're going to hit a sandbar? You don't know what's underneath you? This is what it says. Fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars, they lowered the sea anchor and they let the ship be driven along. 18, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. 20, when neither sun nor star appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Imagine that when you're out there in the middle of the ocean, the one thing that you need, you need the stars to help navigate you. You need the sun, you need the moon to help navigate where you're going. And Paul is telling all of these guys, he says, there, there, there's no sun, there, there's no stars. I don't see anything out there. We go to bed at night and the stars are covered by the clouds. We wake up in the morning in the sun. It's covered by the clouds. 
I can't help but wonder this in our own lives. How many of us go to bed at night at 9 o'clock, 9.30, only to wake up at 1.38 in the morning and feel like you've already been in bed for eight hours? And you've been in bed, you know it's been for three hours at 1.38. And then you look at your alarm clock again, and it's 1.39. And you say, how long is this night going to last? How long is my misery going to encompass my life? That's what these sailors, these trained men, what they were going through. They couldn't see the stars for navigation. Those stars, they desperately wanted them. And because of the darkness of night, it was not there. Do you remember going through some hard times in your, in your life? I remember, I remember when I was in high school. I remember going to Royal Oak High School and something that just absolutely petrified me Something that just terrified me was public speaking. And the Lord's got such a sense of humor. He just, you know, Michael, I want you to be a preacher of my word. Okay, Lord. (laughs) I remember going to my graphic arts class. I loved architecture. I just, uh, and I loved the way that they print, and I thought that was so cool. And, uh, uh, I remember, you know, getting my little scales out and drawing these little pictures, but it just didn't come to me. It just wasn't there uh, for me. And I'll never forget my, uh, my graphic arts uh, teacher. One day he came over to me and he just said, Michael, you are never going to amount to anything in life. You know, those can be very discouraging words when you're in high school and to to fight that and to overcome adversity i remember nan and i we were we were pastoring a church uh, diamond bar worship center in uh, southern california and uh, this was a a wonderful church it's a church that uh, we had planted And so as an Assemblies of God church, when you plant your own church, man, you've got your life involved in that. I mean, it just, you eat it, you drink it, you sleep it, and that's just it. I was single at the time. I hadn't met Nan. One of the uh, wonderful miracles that came out of planting that church is that I met my wife. And uh, when I met her and she came to the church and found out that she wanted to she actually said yes when I said, would you like to go to a Dodger game with me? And it was just, from there, uh, it's, it just continues to go uphill. When those storms in life hit, what are you going to do? In our, in our story here, It says this, verse 17, fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars, they lowered the sea anchor and they let the ship be driven along. Verse 18, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo over. Verse 21, uh, I know I've read that, 21, uh, after the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and he says, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. And once again, I say, Paul, where is our man of faith? 
But no, we've got a man on board who is a know-it-all. And that's, isn't that horrible? Uh, men should have taken my advice. You shouldn't have left. I told you so. Do you, have, do you have I told you so's in your life? Don't you just not stand them? Oh. He says this. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. You know what, Paul? It'd be a whole lot easier to keep up my courage if you'd quit discouraging me. Verse 22. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, stood before me. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Verse 25, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. I want to just leave with you several uh, quick thoughts here. When you are shipwrecked, when you are facing shipwreck, give you uh, three little lifesavers. Lifesaver number one, hang on to God's promises. Hang on to God's promises. When God gives you a verse or a devotion or a sermon, and it probably won't be a sermon by me, but it'll be a sermon by Pastor Chris, but when God gives you a sermon or God gives you a devotion, or God gives you a word, hold on to that devotion. Hold on to that word of God, and don't lose sight of it. A verse that has been a lifesaver for me is, we are pressed on hard on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory, glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul finally gets over, I think, maybe his heat stroke, and he said, God is going to spare every one of us. To 275 men, he said, I want to tell you something. God is going to spare every one of our lives. Verse 27, on the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea when about midnight the sailors sensed that they were approaching land. They took soundings, and they found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again, and they found it was 90 feet deep. Lifesaver number two. Take some soundings. When you sense that your ship is going to hit a sandbar, when you sense your ship is going to be wrecked, Take some soundings. What are soundings? Soundings is when you would take a piece of lead tied to a rope, a piece of lead about the size of a softball, 
and they would drop the softball-sized piece of lead over the ship, and they would let the rope out, and they would find out how deep the water is. In spite of not seeing the stars and the sun and all that stuff, they at least knew how to take some soundings. And they saw that by taking soundings, they were getting to shallower water. And when you're in the midst of a storm, that's what every one of us want to know. When are we going to reach land? And they saw that the water was getting more shallow as they continued on. Soundings are so important for us in our life. We've got to take soundings. My wife, Nan, and I, in our marriage, there's been times that we've just had to stop and take some soundings. Get some advice from some other people. Go to some people that can help us. There was a time when uh, our finances early in our marriage, they just weren't the best. I needed help. Dave Ramsey, Family Peace University, it wasn't around at the time. But we went to my parents, and I talked to my mom, and Nan and I, we talked to my mom and dad. We just said, we just need some help. You know what? We got some help. They said, hey, this is how you need to do it. This is how you save. This is how you do it. I knew those things from a child, but when it came time to put it together, I wasn't doing it. I took some soundings, and those soundings proved to be so helpful to us. And I look back today where we are, and it's just a whole lot better today. I love looking back to where we are now compared to where we were and say, wow, God really helps us. When you're making those choices in life about what you're going to do next, it sure is great to have people that you can go to and take some soundings from. Next thing that we, the next thing that we see here is in verse 29, he says, Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern, and they prayed desperately for daylight. This, uh, this next verse is probably one of our favorite verses in all the Bible. Verse 33, it says this, Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. Uh, I love that. I think, you know what? It, boy, that's a verse we want to put on our refrigerator or something. Nothing like, you know, being depressed and discouraged in something and go for some little comfort food there. Uh, honey, go get me some Twinkies or something. For the 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. And so I want you to eat. You know what? It's important for us to take care of our bodies when we're going through times of discouragement. But this is not a permission for us to just go out and to overeat. I'm just saying that, just jesting. But it is something that we have to do. We have to take care of our spiritual disciplines. We have to take care of our physical disciplines. And when we're going through these difficult times, if we do this, God just helps replenish the strength that he wants us to have in our physical bodies. The next verse that, that Paul, that we have here uh, in, in Acts is verse 37. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and 
and, and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut, the, uh, uh, they cut off the anchors and they left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders and they raised the foresail and they headed towards the shore. But they hit a sandbar and the ship uh, ran aground too soon. The bow of the ship struck first while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. Verse 42, the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. Verse 43, but the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul so that he didn't let them carry out their plan. Lifesaver number three, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I just want you to know that today. I believe that with all of my heart in the midst of our shipwrecked storms that we go through. There's people that are going to speak negative things against you. There's people that are going to say negative things. But I want you to know, as we keep our hearts in tune with Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is going to bring us to that shore. But you know what is interesting about the passage of Scripture? Is that they did not make it to the shore in the ship. The ship broke apart. But before the ship broke apart, Julius, the centurion, and the captain, he said, what I want you to do is, is I want every one of you to begin swimming. And if you don't know how to swim, I want you to grab a plank. I want you to grab a piece of wood. And I want you to begin with all of your might to dog paddle, whatever it is, so that you can get to the shore. I believe this about God. Sometimes God will take us to the island, but he won't take us all the way to the island. He will get us almost to the island, but he won't take us all the way to the island. I think God wants to see how much we have within our own selves to do the rest. I think God is saying, hey, how important is it for you to really get there? I've got you this far, but I want to see how much you have got within yourself. And so these guys, instead of it being where that the boat just took them all the way there, these guys, they begin to swim with everything that was in them. And for about 200 yards, they had to swim to the island. And what is interesting is that the word came to them that God spoke to Paul and said, Paul, every one of them is going to make it. If you don't know how to swim, it's okay. Grab a piece of wood, dog paddle. We'll get you there. And I look at it and I say, you know what, Lord, there's times in my life where I feel, I feel so inadequate. I feel like, Lord, there's no way that I can make it. And yet... The Lord is there to say, I want you to know, I have a mission for you to accomplish when you get to that island. I've got something there. For Paul, he knew that he had to get to Rome. It was prophesied that he was going to go to Rome. And yet, when he thought that he was going to actually drown and go under, God said, I've got my hand right upon you. In Isaiah, it says this, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. 
When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. And I say this, hold on to God's lifesavers. Would you bow your heads with me? As I pondered some of the requests on the prayer wall, can't help but not read some of those without saying, Lord, there's people that need some spiritual lifesavers this morning. They're tread watering. The waves, the waves are blowing right over them, and they need your help. This morning, if you are one of those individuals and you feel like the waves are going to completely overtake you and drown you, the waves of the challenges that you are facing, I believe God is here this morning to speak gently into your heart and say, I am with you. I'm not going to let you drown in this circumstance. I'm going to bring you through. If that's you this morning, and you would like to just have prayer for the need that you have in your life, I'd like you to just slip up your hand this morning. Just say, would you just, would you just remember me in prayer? Would you just let the Lord minister to you? Lord, I thank you that we can hold on to your promises. I thank you, Lord, that during our storms, we can take some soundings. I thank you, Lord, that there is no weapon formed against us that is going to prosper. I thank you, Lord, that you know who I am. You know exactly what it is that I'm going through. You know my name. You don't forget that. And I give you thanks for that. I pray, Jesus Christ, that your hand would be upon every individual in the sanctuary this morning. I thank you for Real Life Church. I thank you for the ministry that has taken place here. I thank you for the way, Lord Jesus, that you have anointed Pastor Chris to be the pastor of this church and for the way that he is leading it with such integrity, with such spirituality. He's leading it, Lord Jesus, with such character. He is divinely rightly providing the word of truth each week i give you thanks for that i pray lord in the days to come that real life church is going to do as it's doing today it's growing in health i just pray lord jesus that this church is going to continue to be a lighthouse to this community 
and the people will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. For this, I just give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or if you have questions about our church, you can email us at info at myrealchurch.org. Real Life Community Church is located at 335 Glendon Avenue in Richmond, Kentucky. We invite you to join us for worship Sunday at 1045 a.m. or Wednesday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at myrealchurch.org.